the Church of Christ, how do you respond to that when people ask you why? Do you eagerly and confidently give them a good answer and says, this is why I'm a member of the Church of Christ? Or do we nervously not know what to say? First Peter 3 and 15, Peter says that we are to always be ready to give a defense or an answer for the reason of our hope. Why am I a member? What makes the church of Christ so different than all of the other religions and churches in our world. This morning, let me flip the coin and ask this question. Why are you not a member of the Church of Christ? You see, there are two groups this morning that sit in this audience. There are those who are members of the body of Christ and are saved and are redeemed. And we have an assurance of a place called heaven if we live faithful. But there's a group of people sitting in the audience this morning that are not members of the church of Christ who have not been baptized for the remission of their sins and they have no hope. So why are we a member? Now this morning, since words can have various meanings when talking to people about the church, and especially the church of Christ, I want us to begin this morning by defining our terms. We all need to make sure that we are using the word church in the same way. There are a lot of religions that claim church but are not the true church. And we need to clarify that. <clears throat> now, I'm going to give you four words. You can either write them down or make a mental note Ever how you want to do it. But I want you to, you don't have to answer verbally, but to yourself, or write down your answer. What comes to mind when you hear these four words as I speak them? First thing that comes to your mind, number one is Mustang. Think about it, Mustang. Second one is nail. A nail. 
Third one is bark. First thing that comes to your mind now, Mustang, nail, bark. Last one, racket. All right, Mustang, nail, bark, and racket. Now, did you think of the Mustang as a Ford sports car? What did you think? When I said nail, did you think of a metal, sharp-pointed object that we use to put things together? A sharp object or a nail? Did you, when I said bark, did you think of a dog? And when I used the word racket, did you think of tennis or badminton, whatever? Because that's not what I meant at all. What I meant is when I said Mustang, I was thinking of a horse. Some of you may have thought that way. When I said nail, I was thinking of those things that we bite sometimes when we get nervous. And our young ladies paint them. And notice I said young ladies. When I said bark, Did you think of a dog? Those little things that you guys love and treasure. I, we have dogs we treasure, but I get ridiculed all the time for not bringing them in the house. <laughs> I thought about a tree. We said racket. I didn't think about a tennis racket or a badminton racket. I thought about all that noise that my kids made and still make when they're five minutes somewhere. All the racket in our home. So since words have various meanings, this morning it's going to be critical when we talk to people about the church, and especially the Church of Christ, and we need to make sure that we are using this word church in the same way. Now, while our culture tends to use the word to describe denominations, they describe man-made religions, they describe meeting, uh, and realistically, we describe them as meeting facilities, how many of us this morning, and I know what you mean, we said to you, I'm going to church. You see, the Bible uses the word church to refer to the people of God. Now you think about that. The Bible uses, in the book of Hebrews... In chapter 12, in verse 23, is a very vital passage to this thought this, this morning. 
In Hebrews 12 and verse 23, the Hebrew writer is writing, he says, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. You see, the word church refers to the people who make up the body of Christ. We need to be on the same page. We all need to understand and we need to be able to teach people what the truly the word church means. Notice that he said there, to the general assembly of the church of the firstborn, which are written where? In heaven. When you become a Christian, and when you put Christ on in baptism, and you're, sin, you're baptized for the remission of your sins, you are added to the body of church, the church, the body of Christ, and your name is written in heaven. Those who have not taken the correct steps to become a Christian, according to the Bible, their name is not written in heaven. As I've said many, many times, many folks think that when they throw their name, they pass away, and they throw their name on Facebook, everybody who dies goes to heaven. Everybody who dies does not go to heaven. Their name must be written in the book of life, in heaven. And we all need to understand that. There are those here this morning, we have our name written in heaven, and I'm so thankful that we have that. But there are those here who do not yet have their name written in heaven. You think about it this way. When that time comes to go to heaven, if your name's not written there, how will God know if saying God knows all, doesn't he? But we often look at it in our way of thinking. That list, that book of life. So we need to understand that when someone says church, there's only one church. It's that, it's that simple. You see, the church is made up of the saved and the redeemed. Now go to Acts chapter 2 and verse 47. You're very familiar with this passage. It's the very ending uh, chapter concerning the, the day of Pentecost. And you're very familiar with it. We know the, the story well, don't we? In verse 47, after the day of Pentecost, about 3,000 souls were saved and baptized that day, not two weeks later. But in verse 47, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to what? The church. Some versions are going to the group nowadays. I like the church because there's only one church. But he added to the church daily such as should be what? Saved. Add you to the body of Christ. Eliminates all other churches as the world uses it today. 
You see, we're made up of the saved and the redeemed. They added to the church. The church belongs to Christ. The church is the, is, it is the church of Christ, folks, because he established it and he purchased it with his blood. Matthew 16, 13 through 18, just a moment ago. You remember the discourse. Very there in 18, he says, Upon this rock, Peter, I will build my church. Who's speaking there? We've all been taught that it's in red. Who's speaking? Jesus. Whose name should it bear? Jesus Christ. Who bought it and purchased it? Jesus Christ. Not some man from somewhere ever says, oh, I want to change it and I want to do it my way. You see, all these other man-made religions, they're not the church. You can't find them in the Bible. No man died for that church. We've got a man who they call Jesus, the perfect one, the sinless one, who purchased the church I belong to. Because I'm in the church the Bible talks about and not some man-made. He purchased us with his blood. When you go to the book of 1 Corinthians in chapter <clears throat> 3, in verse 11, I hope you got your Bibles open. I hope you're working on this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, in verse 11, notice what the Bible says to us. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid which who? Joseph Smith? No. We can name name after name after name of man-made religions. He didn't lay the foundation. Jesus Christ laid it. Can no man lay? You see, the church belongs to Christ because he established it and purchased it. In Acts chapter 20, in recording, talking to the Ephesian elders there in verse 28, he speaks of that. That body, the church, The building holds the body of people who are redeemed and who are saved through the blood of Christ. That's the church. And let me say this morning, again, that Jesus Christ purchased only one church. And the one, only one church at all. And no other. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 23, notice what it says to us. You go back to verse 22. It says, And hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to what? The church. Notice what it says there in Ephesians 1 and verse 23. 
gave him authority over all things according to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Now it speaks of the universal church there, of the body of the being the saved and the redeemed. You know, a lot of times we miss this. The church of Christ. Let me slow that down. Church of Christ. You know what that of means? It shows ownership. Shows possession. Not the church of the life church. Not the church of whatever the case may be. You can name them all. Not the Catholic church. Catholic church wasn't even in existence when the church of our Lord came into existence. Neither was the Methodist, neither was the Baptist, and I got family in all of them. But that little word, O-F, of, gives the ownership. And when our Lord spoke, I will build my church, M-Y, my possession, I'm going to build it. Always give the example. When I married my sweet Amanda, they gave me a piece of paper that her name was not Huffines anymore. It now becomes Scoggins. She belonged to Matthew Hall Scoggins. And I got the paper to prove it still today. And all the bills and the kids. <laughs> I, got, I proved it. She's mine. She's the wife of Matthew Scoggins. I own her in one sense. She's my wife. You see, that's the same thing with the church of Christ. Those who are members of the church of Christ belong to Christ. They have been baptized for the remission of their sins. They have been washed in the blood. And they've been added to the body of Christ to live faithful to when our Lord will return and take his bride, the church, home. Look forward to that. Look forward to that day when the Lord returns. And he says, come on, you're one of mine. The dead in Christ shall rise, what? First. It's one day I want to be first. I want to be first. What are some bad reasons? What are some bad reasons? You don't think about that. What are bad reasons for becoming a member of the Church of Christ? I can give you a few. Because we're trying to please our family. That's a bad reason. We're trying to, to please our family. In the book of Matthew, chapter 10, in verses 37 and 38, it speaks to that. 
He that loveth father or mother more than me or not worthy of me, and he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me, and he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. If I'm trying to please my family and I was baptized for that, I was baptized for the wrong reasons. I can tell you another reason. Because of the name of Church of Christ. We used to have a sign. It's out on the front of the building. McCoinsville Church of Christ. Sometimes people want to be a member of the Church of Christ because of the sign outside the building. And let me tell you about that. In, that, in one sense, that's important that we have that name. A lot of people say there's nothing in a name. No other name shall men what? Have salvation or be saved. There's a lot in the name. But a lot of people want to be a member of the Church of Christ because of the name. Titus chapter 2 and verse 1 speaks of sound doctrine. You better be worried about what they're teaching on the inside. Not what they got on the outside. Whether they got a gym. Whether how much activities they do. You better be worried about whether they're preaching sound doctrine out of the pulpit. That's what it boils down to. Another reason is we like to preach. Oh, he's so kind. I don't get those words. I am kind in one sense. But I do have kids ask, why am I always mad when I'm preaching? We like to preach. Now, I want you to like me. But now I'm going to tell you. You don't need to like me too much. You don't need to respect me too much. You need to like and love and respect the number one preacher. You know who that is? Jesus Christ. I'm just a messenger. Some of them like the preacher. Preacher leaves, the congregation falls apart. Oh, I like him. I'll follow him wherever he goes. Now, mind you, going to congregations that have things for our children and have a close-knit love, I understand. I'm not saying that. That is important. Oh, here's another one. They're friendly. Oh, they're real friendly people at that church. Let me tell you something. John chapter 8 and verse 32 says, You shall know the truth and what? The truth shall set you free. I'm going to tell you what. There's friendly people in every denomination. There's friendly people everywhere. Some of the best people you'll ever find. Remember, we're talking about bad, bad reasons for becoming a member of the church. But let me tell you something. Friendly people can never replace the truth. I don't care how friendly they are. I don't care how many programs they got going on. I don't know how much fellowship they have. Fellowship is important. But friendly people can never replace the truth. And the last one of this thought of bad reasons is we want our social needs met. We want our social needs met. Go with me to the book of John, chapter 6. Notice what the Bible says in the story that our Lord is telling us here. 
John chapter 6 and verse 26, our Lord says, he answered these people and he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, you seek me not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. Hmm. Jesus calls them out, doesn't he? He says, this is why you're coming to hear me. A lot of people, it's a bad reason to be a member of the Church of Christ is because people want their social need. I want to be in a social group. You read on in that chapter in verse 66, and in between 26 and 66, our Lord calls them to become committed. This is what you got to do to become a Christian. This is what you got to do to live faithful. This is what I want you to do. You do, you do. And notice what he says. Or what the writer of John says. He says, from that time, many of his disciples, what? Went back. And walked no more with him. You know why? Because the food ran out. I'll tell you why. You can get it. You have a, you have a fellowship and have food. You got folks coming out of the woodwork. They won't come eat. Now, it's a good tool to have relationships with people and to talk to people. But guess what? A lot of times when the food goes, they go. A lot of times when the recreation goes, they go. When it ain't fun no more, when the preacher calls them to become a Christian or calls people to be faithful and you need to recommit your life and you need to get more involved in the church, they say, oh, i got to go. It's no more about social anymore, is it? So they went back and walked with him no more. Real quickly, good reasons. Good reasons. You know, I made a note, <clears throat> I inserted it in here in my original text. And I put, I am a member because. I am a member because I. Now watch it. I'm a member because I heard the truth. Acts chapter 2 and verse 36. We went back to Acts. We was there a member to go, remember? The day of Pentecost. Those people, they heard the gospel preached. You know the story well. They were pricked in their hearts. And they asked that great question. What shall we do? Verse 36, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. That is the pinnacle of that sermon. I'm a member of the church of Christ because I heard the truth. You've heard the truth today. Why are you not a member? Why will you not become a Christian today? It's not because you haven't heard the truth. Because you have. There's one church. There's one way to go to heaven, the blood of Christ. I'm a member because I believed, and a lot of you, we, you've done the same process. You believed, and you wanted to be saved. 
There in Acts chapter 2 and verse 37, notice what they said. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall I do to be saved? What do I need to do to become a member in the, in a part of the body of Christ? There are people in this audience I know today who need to ask themselves that question or ask someone, what do I got to do? Because right now I'm not saved. Right now I can't go to heaven. Because I'm not a member. Why am I a member? Because I believed and I wanted to be saved. I believed there was a God. I believed there was a Messiah. His name was Jesus, Emmanuel. God be with us. That he, he died for me, died for my sins. He came to this world. He arose on the third day from the tomb. I believed. And I wanted to be saved. Thirdly, I'm a member because I learned the need to repent and be baptized. Notice what they said in verse 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I'm a member of the church of Christ because I heard the truth. I believed and I wanted to be saved and I needed to repent. Because you know what? Everybody in this audience, this, and I know we're over time, but listen, there are a lot of different states in this audience this morning. These little guys, these little guys, they're safe. They don't know sin. They're not at the age of accountability and know right from wrong. And they, they don't know what a lie is and they don't know what it is to steal. They don't know what fornication is. They don't know all these things, curse words. A lot of times they'll say what they hear. They're safe. But you know what? Just as it's in their life, it will be in your life, they'll move to a state one day, and there's no certain age, but they'll move to a certain state. Usually it's around 10, 11, 12, 13. Some people put it off later. But they'll move to a state that they'll sin. And they'll recognize when they're here preaching and when they're here teaching at home, they'll recognize that I, I'm a sinner. I, I, I've, I've lied. I've done this, I've said curse words, I've done this, I've done that, and, and I've, had, I, I've been a part of fornication or adultery, or I've been part of, of drugs or whatever the case may be, and they'll say, I need to repent and I need to be saved and baptized for remission of my sins. You see, when you reach that point, you're no longer safe. If one of these little ones should leave this world today, they'll go and be with our God. But those of you who have reached that age of accountability and you know you're, you, you're right from wrong and you've heard the truth, you're not safe anymore. You're not safe. If you should die today, you'll, you'll, you'll live eternally in the fires of hell. It's that serious, folks. The church. But not only while I'm a member of the church, I learned that the promised gift of salvation was for me. In verse 39 of Acts chapter 2, For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call.
that promise and gift of salvation is still available today in 2022. Why am I a member? Because I was baptized for the forgiveness of my sins. Acts 2 and verse 41. Notice. And all that believed were together and had all things in common. And last but not least. Verse 47. Praising God. And having favor with all people in the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved or were saved. Added to the church. Right now, there's a spoken understanding about this issue. Spoken understandings, though, can eventually become unspoken Unspoken understandings can eventually become unspoken misunderstandings. You see, we have an understanding this morning. We have an understanding this morning that there is one church. We have an understanding this morning that you can't go to heaven unless you are a member of the body of Christ. Not McCoy's, but we don't vote you in. There's no voting in the Bible. You are baptized and saved through the blood of Christ. And you cannot go to heaven unless you have contacted that and live faithful. We have that understanding this morning. There's nobody here that's incapable unless you're too young to understand. You need to be a part of the body of Christ. You need to live faithful. You need to make that commitment and quit putting it off. Because I'm going to tell you, the devil will give you every excuse you can think of. He'll tell you right now, well, it's 11 o'clock. Everybody's wanting to get out of here. It ain't got time for me today. Oh, my roast may be burning. Well, I got, I got some family coming over. I want to make them late. The devil will give you every excuse. This morning, are you a member of the church of that belongs to Christ? If you're not, you're lost. If you're not, you need to be. If you're not, you can't go to heaven. But there are those of us who sit here who are members who fail. We fall down. And we make mistakes. And our God has given us a way to come back home. I'm so thankful because I'm such a sinner. I mess up. You've messed up. And without that, we would all be hopeless. I've got a reason to live. Because I want to live till the Lord comes back or I die and, and I get to go to heaven. And we want you to go to heaven. I don't care where you've been in life. I don't care what road you've been down. Christ says, I'll forgive it. 
I'll throw it in the sea. This morning, are you a member of the church of Christ? Are you a faithful member? If you're not faithful, you need to repent. The door's open. The opportunity is right now as we stand, as we sing together.